Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's podcast. Maddie D and I break down the college football playoff semifinals and look ahead to the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. We also look at the NFL coaching carousel and all pro teams that were announced recently. Before looking at the wild card weekend that we have on Saturday and Sunday, we wrap things up with a little Sixers talk. We give our thoughts on the season so far and how everything's looking going forward. As always, though, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is our handle on Facebook and Instagram. ThunderblogSports.com, of course, is our website. Go check out all of our blog posts there. But enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this wild card weekend edition of the Fun V Tailgate, part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast with Thunderblog Sports. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Happy New Year, everybody. With me, as always, my man, Monty What's up, bud? I mean, the holidays are kind of over, so that's kind of a bummer. Had a nice four-day work week this week, but, um, you know, always a little sad. But all in other respect, you're a little bit quieter for most people after the holiday weekend. So life kind of mellows down. Also, definitely need to uh, hit the gym hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, yeah, getting you can, fat. Uh, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's what happens. The holidays have it. You oh, know, the nice the spin zone to it is, you know, you uh, add a, it's definitely add a little more. Makes the, uh, makes the ultimate loss by the time it all the diet, you know, goes in. It makes it look better. So. Right. Exa- see, exactly. Here's exactly. The- well, I'm on a, I'm on an all liquid diet now to keep my you know all liquid diet to keep my calories down. Yeah, I mean it goes right through you. That's the advantage, you know. Exactly. Of course. You don't course. have to chew. You don't have to do any of that shit. I mean, it's nice. It's the perfect lazy diet. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But I mean, I mean, the positive to the holidays being over in some respects is that we are diving you know right into some of the best sports season. Well, there is a moment of sadness, I think, because of our loss. I mean, our our upcoming loss of football, which is always a tough yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the positive is it's a good time. I mean, I, it I, it's tough. quickly replaced though, because you get March Madness almost right. immediately. Right, golf's coming back. You get commercials and, for the Masters, so you know it's going to be hockey warm. and NBA really start to rev up. I think yeah. start to oh, get because yeah. January is definitely the doldrums for both of those sports. I mean. The NBA in particular, see a lot of superstars have lesser months in January. They just they just kind of get not bored, but it's just it's just that kind of time of season. So, um, well, it's like when LeBron takes his two week vacation to go down to Florida and, and hang out. Right, I mean, right, right. Yeah, I mean, they figure it all out. But before we we get into that, because we are going to cover that a little bit tonight, we do have a little bit of football business to this to discuss. We had the college football playoff on New Year's Day. The two the Fourth iteration of it. Maybe one of the best football games I've ever watched to start. The Rose Bowl, as you know by now, Oklahoma lost in double overtime. They blew a massive halftime lead with a terrible third quarter. Georgia's moving on to play Alabama, who thumped the Clemson Tigers. We got that game right. Um, Just did not look good. Uh, Didn't really expect that. I thought they put up a better fight. No, I I um well I'm not. I should have saw it coming. I, I think that's why a lot of analysts were picking Alabama, no. because 
actually, I give both credit to both. This is why Kirby Smart is a Saban uh, guy. So, actually, did you watch any of ESPN? Not only do they broadcast the games, but they have two other channels. They, they call it the command center. So they had ESPN had the game. ESPN two had um, basically a, a, a same game, but they showed specific pictures of certain people. They followed the coaches around the whole time. They different window boxes. And then the ESPN news had my particularly favorite channel to watch the game. They got six current college football coaches, including Gary Patterson of TCU, uh, Dana Hol- uh, Holgerson of um, – West Virginia were the two biggest names. And then some other big-time coaches to come on. They sat and they broke the game down in real time for you. And what I thought was interesting, interesting what I it was really – you had to kind of wade through it because there were periods of time where it wasn't particularly fluid. I think they could do a little bit. I think they had too many cooks in the kitchen having six coaches. But the one part, as soon as the Georgia Bulldogs started the second half against Oklahoma – their first okay. defensive series, Gary Patterson, who's an elite defensive coach at TCU, said Georgia has simply said run the football against us. So Georgia and Alabama, and right? Georgia and Alabama, what they did is they just took their players. They said, "Do not let them beat you with the run." Now Alabama did that right off the bat, and that's why they had success all night because Clemson runs over two hundred yards a game. They've got great running backs. Their quarterback can run. They said, "Beat us with the pass." Oklahoma scorched Georgia early in the game, and then Georgia said, you know what, fine, beat us with – we are not going to let you run the football, beat us through the air, and both teams could not do it. Now, I'm more surprised that Oklahoma could not beat Georgia through the air. I mean, and once once they took away the run, they struggled after that. They really did. I mean, when Robbie Anderson couldn't get going for them, I don't know if it's a shot against Baker Mayfield because particularly in overtime, I saw a timid play caller. And Lincoln Riley. Yeah, it was a little was a little weak. Right. They were going short screen passes, passes screen right? Passes. Bubble screens, runs. I, at <clears> some <throat> point, you have to let your Heisman Trophy winner make the play to win the game. And I don't ever think they put Baker in that position to win the game, which was a shame. No. But um, yeah, it was a little Alabama, bit of a shame. Yeah, Alabama dominated. I think Clemson. <clears throat> well, their defense is very, very good. Their offense was. At, mm-hmm. Kind of a struggle all year. They've got tons of talent, but they Kelly Bryant is clearly young and needs some more time. Deshaun, he's not the thrower of the football that Deshaun Watson is. And that's why they couldn't do anything against an Alabama team that's risen to the occasion and is healthy, which I think is the major key. Yeah. No, yeah. And they, I mean, they just they throttled them. I mean, simply put, I turned it off at halftime, went to bed. Yeah. Ball, <laughs> hockey, good shit on New Year's Eve. Um, all that fun stuff. Um yeah, so we have an all-SEC final. Uh, Alabama comes in as the favorite. I need to check what the line is currently, but uh, it should be a good game. I mean, I, I Great think it's pretty much Alabama's to lose, but it should be fun to watch. We'll see how they how it goes. Georgia has that, has that offense that could well, I was gonna say open I, it a bit. What I was surprised – Georgia has a very pro-style offense. Yeah. A lot of plays under center, a lot of play action – They've got two exceptional running backs, as we saw with Chubb and Michelle. Um, I expect them that that's a problem, and I think I think Georgia's going to be in the game the whole time. I'm going to take Alabama. I'm with you. I think they've got a little bit more. I love Calvin Ridley, um, 
but they Georgia definitely has got a pro style running and, and Jake Fromm looks like a potential first round pick in a couple of, he's a true freshman. He looks like a potential first round pick in a couple of years. Yeah. He looks really good. So it's gonna be it should be a bloodbath. It should be a really physical game. Yeah, it's a so I'm looking at the lines now. Alabama comes in as a four point favorite at 44 and a half. It's pretty well. Uh, not sure why they're showing the weather because they can close the stadium in Atlanta. <laughs> be still cold uh the what is it the the bomb cyclone is still uh it's yeah. still here in the our, east coast well, our buddy the doctor dan dan said it's called the bombay genesis bombo genesis that's his exact term that was from a doctor so i believe him yeah yeah i mean you have to he's a doctor it's licensed right. to tell us these things um <clears throat> yeah but we'll see how it all goes with it i yeah i think i think alabama gets it done but you're right that game specifically could get it done and Jake Fromm I mean if he has a day like he did in the Rose Bowl it could be a shootout they could win um it'd be weird to see how see if Georgia pulled it out because we kind of discredited them all year we discredited the SEC East um but it'd be I mean fun to see nobody has won two college football national championships fun fact right. and the number one seed curse one seed has never won the college football playoff national championship. Right. Why well, I, I that's I I just think I really liked the playoff this year. And now and now like when you think about those other teams, I just get a little like I, I wish God, I wish UCF was in it. They get in the playoff. I'm gonna say before we move on to the NFL, UCF beat Auburn on New Year's Day as well. They are Florida's national champion. Uh yeah, it would have been nice to see them. And it's we're all kind of giving this revisionist history attitude to it, but it makes it makes the Alabama getting in over Ohio State controversy worse because now <laughs> Alabama lost to, to Auburn, Auburn lost to UCF, UCF right. finishes undefeated. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of throw out to go to eight. I know you're a big component for six. Yeah, uh, go to eight. But UCF with, wouldn't have made it with six. No. No, I don't so think it would have been with six state. either. It would have been Wisconsin and Ohio State. Yeah. Would have been the other two. Well, I, I, Maybe well, USC? I guess the one thing I – yeah, I think USC would have been in. I think the one yeah. thing I would say, though – we talked about this a couple times before, is as UCF had a great season. I got to give them a lot of credit. There, yeah. And they beat a really good Auburn team. Yeah. But you got to Boise State it. Boise State spent years playing better and better and better and better teams. Getting those big non-conference out of Matt, like so. So you, UCF has really good wins against USF, South Florida, and Memphis. Those are probably yep. their best two wins. Or th- I think yep. they met, wait, did they beat Memphis twice actually? No, I think they only I played them once. Okay, but they beat them in double overtime in the AAC championship game. I mean, it was a good and game. And they're a ranked. Memphis is a is a ranked team. They're a good team, huh. but maybe UCLA. Right, but you need to Boise it. So Boise started out with a great Cinderella season. They beat Oklahoma with the uh, the Statue of Liberty play and the Fulk and Ladder. But they they Poker spent or I know they spent like better part of half a decade earning that right to be potentially in a national championship game. And I would definitely tell you if the college football playoff had existed when Chris Peterson had that team rolling, they would have made a college football playoff. But it's just like earning. It's like Wichita State in college basketball. Wichita yeah. State has now earned the right to be highly ranked every year after years of doing what they could to be better. So mm-hmm. I, I while I wish UCF was in it. It is revisionist history. I love that term. It's it's Captain Hindsight. And they do I think they're better than any of the teams in the college football playoff? I do not. No. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is that I really don't think that they'd win twice 
against any of those four teams. Let alone once. Like Auburn had a great run, but Auburn had a great yeah. run at home. They beat Georgia at home, Alabama at home. So while I think Auburn was a quality football team, I don't think they were all power. I don't think they were a elite. I don't. I don't. I don't think they should have been in the football unless they. Like they did. They did not deserve an argument to be in the top four at any point. I mean, if they had beat Alabama, I mean, if they beat Georgia in the title game, yes. But other than that, I don't think they deserved uh, the spot. So, yeah. Do you think we need to do rid of the AP polls, or at least the early AP polls? I should say, um, not do rid of it entirely, but like the, the playoff doesn't. They don't release their first ranking until right. November, basically, but. There's certainly an effect that, you know, the AP poll has early on on the season. Like a lot of people will talk about the the Florida State game, which we're all not dumb. If you like, if you call that a ranked win, we knew that they turned out to be terrible. So you still have that human element in it, but right. Well, I guess early on, it, I would... it's Go ahead. it's just they're used for marketing, basically. Yeah, I mean, definitely because they want to make sure they have ranked. The problem is you can't. You got to have teams that are ranked for for marketing reasons. Um, my hope is that the college football playoff committee isn't staring at those rankings, though. I hope not either. Right. But you know what? They, they must because there were teams that looked really, really good and didn't get ranked as high as teams that looked meh. Um, but you know what? They did. I mean, they, you know what? I think it does because it's nice to I, – I think the ranking also fuels the players, though, and the coaches. Like, oh, yeah, we're ranked number five. Like, we're locked. Like, we got to, like, push – or like, hey, they're disrespecting us. We're ranked fifteenth. Like, we should be ranked tenth. So I think yeah. it's important to have the rankings. I do get what you're saying. I almost wish that they would come yeah, out with a like, or or just come out with one at like come out with one early either preseason casual playoff ranking or mids or like two weeks in and then wait. But the problem there is then then you're creating preconceived notions. Yeah, that, then like the Florida State thing is perfect, where you lose your quarterback, then you really just struggle. Then they. They'd be preseason number number three, and then they right. just hang out there. Bring them. Well, I think I think that's an exception, though the Florida State one, because I think you can make the argument that they did lose their quarterback, and that just that kind of just snowballed a season that wasn't meant to be. So that one, I give I give a pass on in terms of like, yes, they technically beat like Alabama beat number two Florida State, but I would tell you this: I think Florida State's injury affected them more than anything else. So they don't lose. Oh yeah, Francois. absolutely. They're a better team. Um, Absolutely. So I, I think that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm with you though. I understand what you're saying, but I just don't know if there's a way to get rid of it for marketing reasons because they want to Mac, they want ranked matchups early in the yeah. season. But yeah. I do also think ranked matchups are important in the early because it shows, okay, so why Notre Dame, uh, why I have a problem is Notre Dame, this season they had a great schedule. We discussed it at length on the, on the podcast. But in previous seasons, teams like Notre Dame, Wisconsin, didn't get the credit they deserved because they didn't play ranked teams. Well, guess what? They showed that because when they played Ohio State, they lost. And so now they they beat Miami, so they had a pretty good year. But them not playing ranked teams, that should hurt. You not scheduling what you perceive as difficult opponents should no. hurt you. Because no. if the ranking doesn't come out until, you know, Alabama playing Florida State and Michigan playing Florida were supposed to be two highly touted week one matchups. Now, no. Florida, and then later Michigan, and Francis. Uh, I mean, uh, Florida State struggled the rest of the way, but at least those teams scheduled difficult out of conference opponents. And to me, that still has to have value. I know it does when the committee comes out with it, but I think it's also important to create that value early, 
even if those teams falter down the stretch. So, oh sure. I also, I don't want to spend week one watching all cupcakes. I love that. I I like thrive on that week one because it's before NFL. So like week one, you get a great matchup, which I think is great. Yeah, that Labor Day weekend where they do a Thursday night game for college, and then they do like a random like Pac-12 Friday night game, then just that first full Saturday of action where there's 30 channels, including ones that you didn't even realize that you had access to. <laughs> right. That you do the Comcast thing, flip between all of them. It's a good time. I mean, I'm that's just my one thought of like, because UCF wasn't ranked. That's why I asked that, um, you know, where other teams were. They, they remained up there, you know, but I feel like it fixes itself. It would have been – it'd be interesting if they, you know, with an expansion, the six we just talked about of, you know, Wisconsin or uh, – USC, USC you get more. Auburn, maybe. Yeah, maybe Auburn. I really, what I think it all boils down to, I think more so than anything, and I, I've said this before, so I just think the committee's more afraid of two lost teams than they are anything else. They don't want to have, they want to have these undefeated and one loss records. They want marquee names. Um, you know, not, not necessarily that they're trying to over market one way or the other, um, but yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how it all goes. Monday should be a lot of fun. Roll Tide, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with them. I gotta, I gotta take them. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll cover it. Four points is pretty easy there. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's look over into the NFL. Wild card weekend is upon us. We got a lot of new teams in the action. What is it? Ten teams that did not yeah. make the 2016 playoffs are in. Let's including Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Rams. Pa- did the Panthers make it last year? Uh, no, I don't think they did. Panthers? No. Let's see, Steelers made it, Patriots made it. Jaguars are six. Titans Jaguars, are seven. Bills. And Bill, I think it's eight. It's eight. Uh, it's it's eight. definitely okay. eight. Because the Chiefs, Steelers, Panthers, and Patriots were all in it last year. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. You're right. I think it's eight, eight of the 12. Yeah, you're right. right. It's 12 because it's 12. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For, I'm, 16 was in my head for whatever reason. Um, but still, eight teams out of the 12. That's, I know. That's fun. I mean, a lot of parody, a lot of flip, you know, flipping of the script, some, some disappointments. I mean, you know, <laughs> Seattle not making it in a kind of just a stacked end to the, uh, to the regular right. season for the NFC. But I will you know, say, we'll, let yeah. it be known. That in in our preseason podcast with our boy Alan, this yep. guy chose the Saints to win the NFC South. You did. I'm just gonna. I, I also well, I chose the Chargers to win the NFC uh, AFC West. I think. Yeah, I close. think we all did. That was close, <laughs> but still, I uh, I want to just give myself credit because I had a really terrible fantasy this year, so I got to take credit for something. So that's gonna be somewhere. I, don't really I mean, I picked the Bucks, so you know that I'm solid. The Bucks <laughs> and the Giants. This guy's solid as a rock here. Actually, I might have picked the Giants too, to be honest. So I will yeah, also I say we... this though: I do also want to point out was oh I had was oh crap what did I just forget. I have a point. I'm sure I'll come up with it later. But the Bills in for the first time in 17 years. Great story. Cool story there. Uh, little. I don't want to. I don't want to talk sh- shit on the Titans. I would have liked to see the Ravens get in, not them. The Titans aren't a good football team. No, they've got That's, a lot of problems. I think yeah, they, they. Yeah, I. I mean, Mariota. I know he's a little dinged up right now, but he yeah. has not looked 
particularly sharp this year. Him and Jameis Winston were like future franchise locks, and now both of them come in with some really huge question marks this offseason. Now, yeah. Mariota's team figured it out a little bit around him, although I think on paper the Bucs are a more talented football team, but yeah. they just – they I, am, I would have fired Dirk Cutter. I'm really for keeping coaches, but after that season, I would have fired him. I, I, that was such a poor showing by that team. Yeah. Poor showing from him. I mean, quickly on the on the coaching note, how about the Marvin Lewis saga? What? I gets a two year extension. I got nothing on that one. That's yeah. bewildering to me. That's I was shocked when I read that on Thursday. Right. It was crazy town. Right, right. I I, I would have understood. I guess they two year I mean, but now the see, I don't the years to me don't bother me because no. when coaches get fired and, and leave all the time. Just bringing him back at all, that team needs to shake itself up because there is still a ton of talent. AJ Green is quietly one of the best receivers ever to start his career. He got yeah. injured last year and they wouldn't let him play to get to a thousand yards. But other than last year, which he had like nine hundred and eighty yards or something stupid like that. He has had an 1,000-yard season every year to start his career. They've got a ton of running backs, but they did the cardinal sin. They could not afford or did not want to bring back a few key players on their offensive line. And when you lose key players in your offensive line, such as Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, that affects your team the next year, and that really did hurt them. So they've they've got a predicament because I'm not saying that Andy Dalton was ever great, but they've got to find out if he has what he's got left in the tank and kind of go from there. I wouldn't move on from Andy yet, but I think that team needs to kind of reset and reload a little bit. Um, so there's still – because there's still so much talent there, but just – other than Bill Belichick, who's in an aberration, he's the longest-tenured coach in the league, and he's really won nothing. He's had a couple no. really great regular seasons, but has never won a playoff game there, I don't think. so. No, he's 0-5 in the playoffs. Right. Speaking of about coaches, by the way, no. i got to get your thoughts on the John Gruden, the, the deal that's rumored, the 10-year, 10, 10 $100 million deal – Maybe an ownership stake. What are your thoughts? Well, the ownership stake, he even denied that, that was kind of crazy town. Um, I'm using that a lot tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> That's um, but I actually heard a pretty good interview on it. Um, yeah, it'd be kind of the way that everything set up with the money for coaching and how the NFL has been able to kind of keep that down. It kind of resets the market for it. So it'll be interesting to see, A, ah, if it's true okay. and how it'll affect it going forward. As of as for the hiring itself, I mean, he's had good f- quarterback camps, you know. But we haven't seen him coach in nine years. He's what a barely over five hundred coach does have a Super Bowl ring. Um, we might have a little more nostalgia towards him. I'm not saying Gruden's a bad coach. He's probably right. Probably gonna do well, and he has his guys. He has great reputation and everything. But it's you know it. It's not like the Raiders are going to all of a sudden become last year's Raiders and then some just because now they have this coach that's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, especially since he's been in the spotlight for so long and been this rumored coach to you know, become the next always the the big name. He was in the talks for the Eagles, the Giants when they hired right. Ben McAdoo. You know, all this stuff. His name is always out there, and it finally happened. So it's – he got the money that, that the reputation preceded itself to yeah. get. That's yeah, my thought on, on the money. I was talking with a buddy about it, and I thought 
is like it's kind of one of those things where like a player retires in the NFL and you yeah. only remember the really great stuff. Exactly. So exactly. Like, right. Like some guys in this league, like we considered Brian Dawkins, who I love to be a Hall of Famer. Now I think he should get in, but you know, well, that's a different conversation. So to me though, I don't remember any of the negatives to, to Brian. He was in a fantastic safety here, but he has to have some weakness, right? Um, yeah. other guys that like you, you think of um, think of baseball players, like how much we miss the the Phillies of old with all their home run hitters. Well, they all had they all had issues, but you only remember the positives. So you remember John Gruden and his current attitude. He's very gregarious, outgoing. His Super Bowl ring, which I'm not taking anything away from oh, him no. as a game day coach. Tony Dungy built the Bucks. Gruden came in and won a Super Bowl. And so my question is this: Does Gruden have the the ability as a coach, I know it's the GM's job, but to build a football team or just to coach a football team. I'm not saying it's a negative either way, but Gruden went to the Bucs, a loaded team, walked on and won a Super Bowl. Now let me tell you, the Raiders have holes, but they should – they sh- in theory of what they've built, they have a great offensive line. No. Uh, an elite. They should have an elite pass rush. They've got a couple offensive weapons, and they should have a franchise quarterback. So – there's a lot going on there, but I think the the problem now is when you give guy a guy ten, he's getting paid more than all but three players on the Raiders. Yeah. So he's now the expectation is set that he they should win next year. So the pressure is just so high on him. And I love the guy because I've actually seen I enjoy him on a lot of people don't, but I actually have enjoyed him on Monday Night Football. No. So the, I liked him. No. I like him. I like the guy. I think he's a good no. guy. I think he is a great, a good coach. Do I think he's worth a hundred million dollars? Are they pay Bill? They're not paying Bill Belichick a hundred million dollars, and then no, like he shouldn't be worth that. But you got to do what you got to do. And I also think they're also overpaying for him because of their move to Vegas. Yeah, that's probably a lot of it. They want to get some hype around the team, right? Um, you know, I mean, well, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of flashing. I think it's just to build excitement, build some buzz. Did you see, by the way, that uh, the guy, one of the guys, one of the construction workers working on the new Raiders stadium, is a big Chiefs fan and and uh, put the Chiefs the Chiefs Nation flag somewhere in the, somewhere in the foundation of the building. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that happened with the new Yankee sure. Stadium with a with like a fly or uh, not a flyer, it's a Red Sox pennant. Um, oh, that's hysterical. I think there's one in the new Yankee stadium. So I love hearing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Gruden stuff, It there's a lot of sizzle to it. We got to see if there's any substance. Right, exactly. I mean, I think yeah. the Raiders, the positive for the Raiders is that division as a whole is an old division. Chargers, yeah. old quarterback. Broncos, huge transition. They kept Vance Joseph, which I thought was the right decision, but they need a quarterback. Chiefs, an aging team, although I like Patrick Mahomes. So they're definitely not in a division that has like two or three teams, like one or two teams that are just like if you're if you're the Redskins or the Giants, you're looking up at what we think is two really good quarter young quarterbacks in Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Like, how are we gonna operate within this division long term? This, you know. They're not. If the division isn't a loaded division, it wouldn't appear. Although we thought it was going to be one of the best divisions in football, the Broncos took a huge step back. The Chargers struggled early, and the Chiefs, while they are in the playoffs as they deserve it, they're not the same team we thought they were five weeks into the year. So there definitely is an opportunity for Gruden in the AFC West. And the other thing you have to like if you're in the AFC is that your two best teams 
have very old quarterbacks. So Big Ben and Tom Brady, while I think Brady's going to go 45, you know, until he's 45, he's old. Big Ben's old. So teams like the Jaguars, the Titans, the Raiders, these teams have opportunities, if Andrew Luck ever gets healthy, the Colts, to be the next wave in the AFC because there's not as much depth in terms of young quarterback talent. Think about the like who is your best young quarterback in the AFC? Not it's not it's not in the AFC East. That's not going to happen. So AFC South, maybe maybe Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's Marcus Mariota. Uh, AFC North has nothing. AFC South. AFC West has Derek Carr would be there. Maybe Patrick Mahomes. So there's really four, there's four guys that are kind of operating in that. Like, are they the next great thing? Go to the NFC Carson, Dak Prescott. Um, Cam Newton is pretty young. Jameis Winston had a bad year, so I won't count him. Um, uh, Who's over on the West. Russell Wilson is still relatively young. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty young. Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff is young. Um, in the AFC North, Stafford's kind of getting older, but um, I guess Aaron Rodgers. But so there's Kiss way some more titties, Mitch Trubisky. Hey, hey, he's a high draft pick, and no. he's not not in a particularly strong team. So there's a lot of more. There's definitely more young quarterback groupings in the NFC, no. which I think is is if you're a coach going to the AFC, maybe better if you if you think you can last five years, you're going to all of a sudden have a wide open AFC conference with less great quarterbacks than they have currently. Because they're just all look too at the at the playoff chase. The NFC was wild to the very end, right? And much better wild card teams. Much better Mm -hmm. wild card teams. The fucking the Bills got in because the Ravens blew it. They they fucked up against the Bengals, (laughs) right? And I mean, it was a lot of backwards falling in instead of a lot of teams charging forward with these young quarterbacks or with these. Older guys that have young players around yeah. them that are doing so well, like yeah. the Saints. All right, Seattle, Cowboys, Lions. Those are the three closest teams to getting in in the NFC. Nope. And I think all three of those teams were, would have had a very good shot of being in the playoffs over the Bills um, or even the Titans in the AFC. So, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, I mean, I kind of grouped – I think really the Seattle Seahawks are the one you have to look at. But a lot more promise in terms of quarterback upswing in the NFC. So – Gruden is kind of getting in at a good time to potentially find out what he has in Derek Carr and go from there. But it's a lot of pressure on him. It's a, I mean, I just think it's going to be really tough for him to to smoke uh, smoke through that. I will say this: another thing we didn't really talk about yet. They came up with the All Pro team. Oh today. yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really got a chance to look at it. I've been. Uh, okay. I was at so a conference up until today. Eagles, so doing the two Friday Eagles. Evening. Two Eagles made the All Pro first team. Can okay. you guess? I'll give you a guess one. Fletcher Cox? Nope. Oh. Other side of the ball. Lane Johnson? Yep. No. So the other one is Jason Kelsey. So two offensemen. Okay. Two yeah, offensemen. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Brady was the quarterback, expected. Todd Gurley was the running back, expected. Gronk gets in as the tight end. I'm not, I can't really dispute that. Antonio Brown was the only unanimous selection. DeAndre Hopkins, who had a great season, was the other one. We okay. talked about this guy before. This is what the Bengals lost. And, uh, Andrew Whitworth was the Los Angeles Rams selection uh, for left tackle. So there's the guy that they, that they let walk. Le'Veon yeah. Bell made it as the flex guy. Um, the big defensive names, what you'd expect. Clayus Campbell, Aaron Donald, uh, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Rhodes, 
I thought Kevin Kevin Baird of Tennessee made it as a safety. I'm not a huge – I don't have a ton of knowledge on him. I was a little surprised by that. Um, yeah, I guess – well, you'd think it would normally go to the Seattle guys, but they've been hurt or they you know had a bit of a down year. I'm trying to think like who else had, I'm had a good Malcolm, year. I'm surprised Malcolm Jenkins didn't get anything. He didn't even make second team. Yeah, Earl true. Thomas, Micah Hyde were second team guys. Um, Eagles got Fletcher Coxon on the second team. Okay. And um, – um, Carson Wentz was a second-team quarterback. Oh. I think from an Eagles standpoint, the one guy that you're definitely surprised about would be no Zach Ertz. Now, I think yeah. Grock and Travis Kelsey had great seasons. Yeah, that's only, tough to argue. Yeah, that's but you tough only to... – I know, I know, but you, and you only get one tight end. Uh, you only get yeah. two tight ends. It's not like wide receiver where you get to pick two. Yeah. So, I guess – I mean, other snubs maybe. Brandon Graham just never gets any love. Uh, for all he does, just no love, which is a shame. Yeah. He's probably the only guy. The only guy maybe I could think about would be Jake Elliott. Uh, Justin Tucker and Greg Zerloin of the Rams made it, and they're pretty good. But eh, kind of bummed he didn't make it. Uh-huh. So uh, other than that, though, I'm you know not a lot of not a lot of things that I was blown away by. I don't think. Um, so still a lot of talent on all over these teams, but good for the Eagles to get four guys in on the two teams, which is nice. And two offensive linemen is huge. That is huge. I mean, it just it talks about kind of the keys for the birds. We'll obviously get into that next week, but I mean, and why they've been successful and why Carson looked so good, why they're running back stable as they love to call it has been right. great. Great yeah, offensive no, line. Absolutely. Play. Absolutely. Well, let's I mean, if it's all right with you, now that we're talking about these all pros, let's go talk about some of these all pros and how they're going to affect the games this weekend. Yeah, so let's, let's look at these games. I love so it. wild card I love weekend. It. We get two straight days of football starting tomorrow afternoon at four twenty or this afternoon if you're listening to it on Saturday, um, or the fun the fun times when you listen to it after we've already made our predictions. Uh, and, hear how, and hear how right Emily I am wrong with, you uh, are. Emily did that with our bowl games from the New Year's Day, and <laughs> we sound like idiots. Anyway, now for our expert do. picks. 420, the Titans and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the home team as the AFC West champion, are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I like this line a lot. I like the Chiefs really to we talked about it before. I don't really like the Titans. It's surprising they're nine and seven. They're three and five away from home. The Chiefs look great in Kansas City. I think this is an easy cover for them. Okay. I got I got an interesting fact to toss at you. Okay. Chiefs are 0 and five in their last five games at home in the home in the playoffs. That's amazing. Interesting. 0-5. Now Early in the season, the Titans really blew up. They beat the Jaguars and the Seahawks to start at, after they lost opening day to the Raiders, beat the Jaguars and the Seahawks. Then they proceeded to beat the Colts, the Browns. Ravens is a good win. Bengals, Colts, Texans. They beat the Jaguars to end the year to win. So they really haven't I mean they've had some good wins early, but other than that, they they had some struggles. I think what was interesting to me with the Chiefs is that they did what the Colts have done a lot of years before this. They beat up on a bad AFC South. And by that, I mean the Texans and the, and the Colts in this case. Yeah. So while I love the fact that the Chiefs are 0-5 in the last five playoff home games, I do have to take them here. But I will tell yeah. you this, if and I think this is going to happen, if bad Andy gets involved, which is bad Andy means he throws the ball too much, they will have a problem in this game because they are not equipped. to. They need to give Kareem Hunt the, the rock. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but the Titans to cover. It's the playoffs. I like a six, to seven, right. six to seven point win for the Chiefs to get through it here. Okay. All right. And, and part of that, by Still the way, enough. yeah, I mean, 
Demarco Murray may we'll see what his health is, but I still I still think the Titans can do just enough on defense. I think they have a little bit of an underrated good front seven, underrated secondary. I think they do just enough to okay. badger the Chiefs all day. All right, but I, I think well, the better game is at the night game. I think for sure, absolutely much better game. The Falcons and the Rams, eight fifteen on NBC at the LA Coliseum. Rams come in. I'm a little surprised that this line's as high as it is. Rams come in as a six-point favorite. Matt, break this one down for me. This, I think this is the best game of the weekend because unlike the, the later game we're going to talk about, these teams haven't played each other twice. Um, I, If you're the Rams, this is a tough one because you've got a brand-new coach and a brand-new quarterback going up against a team. Comes in a little hot in Atlanta with a quarterback who has been there. And wants to be there. I have been going back and forth because everyone's been talking up this Rams team. I am taking the Falcons in this game to win because I think Matty Ice has been here enough to beat a Rams team that will have a little bit. They don't have enough of a home field advantage to me to beat this team. That's what I got for you. Yeah, you know what? I like that. I think the Rams... They're very young. We have not seen them in this moment. Um, I would take the Falcons with the points. I think that's too high. Uh, as for the actual win, I think the Rams' defense can stop them enough to just get by, but I, I think it's a field goal, if anything. I, I still okay. take the Falcons with points. Um, yeah, I think this is what everyone forgets about the Falcons. So uh, they they have they, they finished 10-6. and six. Lost to the Saints, the Vikings, and the Panthers, all playoff teams, all really close games. Yep. They had a three-week stretch. They lost to the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Patriots three weeks in a row it, early in the year. And then after that, they did what you expect a normally good team to do, win a bunch of games, lose a couple games. Yep. I, I think this Falcons team is, is dangerous because I think their offense can has got just too many weapons. They've been inconsistent, but they've been hot lately, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm taking them against the experience But I – I think people discredit them because of that three-game losing streak. They really were a better than a ten and six team this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they could have. I mean they were right in the position to win the division up until week sixteen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean they're they're certainly one of the hotter teams coming in. The Rams, again, it's just you have a lot of unknowns, a lot of young players, and I mean, it's also not really like a it's not a home field advantage for them. The Falcons have actually gone on right. the road. They've won some good games and. The Rams probably this week were practicing the fucking silent count like they did for the Eagles. Um, no, I mean, I'm sure Atlanteans are flying out there right now as we speak. Um, <laughs> it should be a fun game, though. I think of the Atlanta players, I think Julio Jones probably makes a, a difference for you to get your to get the Falcons in. And I think that's why it keeps so close. They have so many super weapons. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the one thing that, that the Falcons will be concerned about, they're a pass rush defense. And the Rams okay. can run the ball. So I think that's why a guy like Julio is so critical for their success. He only had three touchdowns this year. I think he I think he matches that in this game. Like that's the kind of game he has to have. It's gonna be one of those games where it's gonna be close. I, I don't even like the line. So I like the Falcons to win. And yeah. I think it's gonna be high, it's gotta be it's gotta be high scoring for the Falcons, but I know the Rams have a good defense. There's just so many weapons on the Falcons, and I think they're finally gathering that momentum, and I think they're going to take it. I, it's going to be a huge upset because 
I originally liked the Falcons as the Eagles' next opponent, but now when I look into it, I, I don't know if I necessarily like it. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm. So I'm going to pick. I'm taking stale staying with this, the Rams. Okay, to but win, but do not cover. cover. Gotcha. Yeah, take the Falcons with the points. But we go from one game that should be awesome to a game that wow <laughs> might get ugly quick. Yes. 105 CBS, the Jaguars hosting the Bills. The Jaguars are an eight and a half point favorite. LaShawn McCoy practiced today. I don't know if they've officially ruled what's going on for Sunday, though. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I know that I, 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 the problem is he's going to be giving. I think this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be ugly the whole way, regardless. Even if it's a blowout yeah. for the Jags, it's going to be a defensive slugfest. The Bills yeah, have a better defense. Defenses. Yeah, the Bills have a better defense than we think. They do have a good defense. It's just their offense against good defenses is atrocious. Right. I I think, and I expect this to happen, I think the great linebacking and defensive line of the Jags will keep Tyrod Taylor from doing what he does best, which is move out of the pocket, either make throws on the run or run the football. And without a – I don't even care if he plays – Without a fully healthy LaShawn McCoy, who is up there with one of, as one of the best all-around weapons in the game, they're going to lose. I th- I like Jacksonville to win in cover. I do too. In this game, um, I thought the Ravens would give them a better fight if that was the way it went down. It did not. Um, and the Jaguars get a very rare playoff home victory. It's going to be cool. It'll be pretty cool to see. Um but they, they're the three, yeah. Right. Seed. So they're going to go on so they, to play the Steelers. They play Pittsburgh. Yeah, they play Pittsburgh. Yeah, which would be, which, by the way, five interception game for Big Ben rematch. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> Jacksonville won. would be that Jacksonville will not, that Big Ben will not throw five picks again in a game. Yeah. But it will be a fast, they went 30 to nine. So that'll be pretty fascinating. Yeah. But uh, you know, even Marquise Lee may not play in this game. I don't think it's a big deal now, but they need him back after losing so many guys. Um, but man, I'll tell you, well, the one weakness no. that the Bills could, this is why losing a healthy McCoy sinks. The, the Jaguars are a better pass defense than run defense with AJ boy, okay. uh, boy and, and Jalen Ramsey and that pass rush. So their biggest weakness on defense is the running game and they don't have a healthy running back. It's not a good recipe yeah. for success at, at all. No, 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 no. It's tough. And I mean, yeah, the Bills, that offense against – that offense isn't going to do a ton. Right. I'm sorry to say. I'm with it. Um, it's also a low-pressure day for Blake Bortles, I think. Yeah, that I mean, should help him today. That, yep, that, yeah, that helps him a lot, I think. And that actually might be kind of scary, though, because he's not going to be no. fully healthy. I mean, he's not going to need a lot of – not going to have – sorry, wrong. He's not going to have a lot of pressure on him. Give it off to Leonard Fournette. Let the running game do its job. He's going to have confidence going into uh, Pittsburgh. Yep. And confidence is a dangerous thing against for an opposing team when your quarterback gets hot. So I'm pretty excited about that to see. He's making a he's literally earning himself a contract extension right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I think the night game though. Uh, I've been going back and forth. The only reason I didn't pick this, I, this is to me, this is the game of the week because two teams. I wish they had gone one and one because it make me more comfortable with this game. But yeah. they already faced off twice. Saints won both times. But these are two – they're Super Bowl contenders, at, even though they're playing this weekend. Both these teams have – have the they're a total package in terms of what they can bring on both sides of the ball. Yep. I mean, seven-point line right now for New Orleans at home. 
I think that line would be higher if they hadn't already beaten the Panthers twice. Think so? Yeah, but I'm just thinking as a Vegas, but as my yeah. personal belief, I expect this line to be closer. I like this as a field goal game. I heard somebody say, well, Pam Newton's going to, he's going to, she's got a vendetta. He's going to show up. I said, yeah, that's exactly why I take the Saints to win because as good as Cam Newton can show, I got to go with the pedigree with True. I got to go with their balanced offense and an opportunistic defense with great, a great pass rusher in Cam Jordan and some good young town in the secondary to pick Cam Newton off a couple times. I like Drew Brees and the Saints to win this game. I think they're up 10 and the Panthers score late or something along those lines. The Saints yeah, win. Beat. But they, yeah, I've got the Saints winning but not covering. Do you feel differently from me there? So I like the Saints to win. I think they do just cover. I think this okay. is high push. This is highly possible that game pushes if it, st- if it stays at seven. Um, I think that run game – because you can, we've talked about this every week about the Saints. Their run game's dynamic enough that you can either get the Alvin Kamara effect or just right. shove it down their throats, like Mark, with Mark Ingram, like his alma mater did in that stadium on New Year's Day. A little fun, little uh, full circle there. Right. And then you have Drew Brees at home at the Superdome, where he loves to play. The guy bombs the ball. Also, yeah. could you imagine if and I, I did they use the the pick for Brandon Cooks to get Alvin Kamara? But if they still had Brandon Cooks, I mean, it would be incredible. But I gotta say, I think I think no. the one thing though is we're not picking up is that would be a pretty impressive. But I think Michael Thomas may be the oh, no. yeah, underrated wide receiver in football. I mean, this guy is a I I when I watch them play, he does everything you expect a wide receiver to do. He he had I mean he had over 1,200 yards receiving this year. He's the whole package, um, and I think he's being lost in the shuffle of that those running backs and the quarterback. But he's the guy you should pay attention to this weekend because Michael Thomas can flat out play. He's all around fantastic. Runs routes, is fast, has great hands. Drew Brees loves him because of that. Um, but this this offense is is difficult to slow down, it's particularly at home. That crowd's going to be – they're going to be ready. I mean, they've gone 7-9. They seven and nine for, be so loud. Right. They've gone 7-9 and nine three seasons in a row, and they are just fired up and ready to go. So I'm pretty excited to – that. To, I, you know what? That's my game of the week. It's just going to be so much fun to watch. No, it's going to be that fun. Off, that Cam Newton-led offense try to battle against this opportunity 6-8 defense. The, the Saints are going to be blasting up against Luke Keekley and that excellent, excellent defense for the, for the, um, the Panthers. I'll tell you, you put the Panthers front seven – you put the Panthers' run defense with the Saints' pass defense, man. That's a tough. That's a tough matchup. It's a shame we can't put. I want to just get a little Madden fantasy draft and just combine them together for the fun what of it. Was it the? Do you remember seeing this was for basketball, but it was like, I think it was on the Ringer. They had an article that was, you beat a team in the playoffs and you can take one player from them. Like I like that inform, idea. Like you just like basically add drop their best player, and I was nice. like. It was during That'd like the two weeks in between the 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 Warriors Cavs round three, but if you could do that, like you just take Luke Keekley, throw him on that defense. <laughs> oh my, that would be yeah. scary good, scary good. But I mean, I think it's gonna be a great weekend of football, regardless. I'm uh, a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then college football national championship on Monday night. Yes, sir. So and got, we'll, yeah. we'll have the full breakdown of, of those. We'll have the full breakdown of those next week. Um, diving right into yeah. the divisional round after that. It's going to be a great weekend of football. 
Yeah, and we and we'll try to be back on a normal night Wednesday or Thursday. We I was traveling this week for work, so it kind of worked out this way for Matt and I had to do it on Friday afternoon. Um, we always appreciate your patronage, so thank you for understanding. Uh, before we wrap things up, we have promised this numerous times, and because Matt and I like to ramble, we've ran out of time. We got a little bit here before Matt's got to get to dinner. Let's, let's pick a team, though. Let's pick pick one of the two teams to look through. What do you like? Let's talk Sixers. Okay, I love do- it. I was, hope- I was really hoping you'd go there. Yeah. As much as I want to talk yeah. about the Flyers and – a lot of the disappointments I've had this season and in all the games we've been at collectively between the both of us, the Sixers are a lot more intriguing. Not just because oh, I'm, I'm going to win no, no, 50 are. bucks off of you, but oh hell, wow, long way away. Okay, long I'm way still away. Excited. Go on, go I'm on. still confident. Well, big game tonight. They're playing the Pistons. They're 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 locked in pretty tight with them score wise. So I think it's a pretty big matchup to them. Yep. Twenty and sixteen are Detroit. Eighteen or nineteen. Are the Sixers? I think Detroit's. Is, I think the Sixers are a six-point favorite tonight. Yeah, they've beaten them twice. They beat them in Detroit early in the season. I don't think it was their first win. It might have been their second. Um, but then they came back like a week later, beat them here. Um, Joel Embiid and and Andre Drummond both active for tonight, and uh, MB three as Miss Third and Girl is calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, big. Or, Men, big men, three, a uh, BM three, excuse me. Um, so, well, I mean, it should be a fun matchup. They love to jaw at each other. It's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, but what they need, they, you know, obviously they've had a lot of issues with turnovers, a lot of issues right. with keeping leads and not blowing them. Um, so we need to see a little more, a little more tightening up there. Um, just kind of figuring it out, but Ben Simmons has looked great. I think you need to figure out what to do with Jared Bayless because I hate that guy. Me too. Game more. Yes. Uh, always Covington just needs to needs to find his shot again. He's had some awesome streaks and some not so Less. awesome streaks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just figure that out. Get it a little more consistent. JJ Redick, same thing. He's been a little better, but he's also been hurt. Um, got Dario, my boy Dario. Well, can I, uh, I can't say anything bad about him. I love Dario. Um, <laughs> then you got Mr. Jose Jose. We just got to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Really, we've had too much of this shit in 2017 in Philadelphia. Our beloved babies getting hurt between Joel and B the first time, or I guess the 15th time, but in 2017. And Carson Wentz. And the Flyers haven't any of that. The Phillies had all the pitching issues with injuries. There's no more injuries. Let's have a healthy 2018 in Philadelphia. That's what we need. I like that. I would like that. Well, I would just say this. I think, and I, I'm, this is nothing against Ben, who I think is, is showing early signs of being, at the very least, a high-level point guard, um, maybe not a scoring guard in terms of his ability to shoot, like we've seen the modern A point guard be, but his ability is to be one of those guys that just does everything that you need a team to do to win yeah. is super important. I've been in very he's he's at his best when he attacks the rim. Everyone knows this. I think he needs he's got, to attack though. Yes, That's the big he's thing. He's a little passive. Now, you like a guy, you I like my primary guy, my primary ball handler to be patient and doesn't let emotions drive him. He doesn't seem to let emotions get the best of him. That's really no. important. For a ball handler, but he doesn't. Uh, but once again, everything runs through Joel Embiid. He changes the entire scenario of this offense 
He's the, like without him on the floor, this team does not compete. Absolutely. And, and which is why, in, if I had to trade one of the two, Ben's gone to me. Because why, Joel why are you talking be, about trading any of the two? Well, it was just a scenario I brought up. So to me, the most valuable player on this team is Joel Embiid. That's where, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. The most, the most valuable player on the Sixers is Joel Embiid. Okay. Don't talk about that shit. My heart no, okay. is going to explode. But I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't need any of this. I understand. <laughs> I think the problem is that a lot of the other guys we've picked, we've drafted over recent years to play around him. Like, so look at the Timberwolves. Now forget Jimmy Butler for a moment. But last year they had Ricky Rubio, um, Zach Levine, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, a couple, uh, Justin Patton was the first. They were able to move assets such as Zach Levine, Ricky Rubio left, a couple picks to get a Jimmy Butler. We don't have those assets. We've got Jim, we've got Ben and, and MB, who at this point, unless unless Kevin Durant or LeBron James wants to come here, you're not trading. Look, I love Ben, and I'm not saying I would do this, but I'm pretty sure if the Warriors came to them and said, we'll give you Kevin Durant for J- J- Ben Simmons, you're doing the trade. So my point being is this. Uh, we have we're lacking on the other assets to make the move necessary to bring the other star here in a trade situation, which I think hurts us. But because no one's trading in, no one is is trading for Covington or McConnell, who we really love, or even Sarich for a Jimmy Butler caliber player. Now, of course, the Bulls got stuck in a scenario where they had to trade Jimmy Butler. And Minnesota had just enough to offer, but I don't think we have anybody of Zach Levine. I'm not. A, I mean, he looks like I mean, he's a decent player, but we we don't just have just enough. Is a little bit of a stretch. I'm just going to correct you there. <laughs> in terms of what? In terms of what? Well, I think the the Timberwolves clearly what got a better deal on that. Oh well, well you yeah. say that, but Laurie Markkinen looks pretty darn good. He does look pretty good. That is. So true. I'm saying no. I'm not saying he's Jimmy Butler. That's not my point. But I'm saying. Yeah. They, I don't think they got as screwed as people think, but they also were stuck in a rock and a hard place I'm, because I'm also a big four quarters don't add up to the dollar kind of guy. So I don't like dumping people for pieces, all that right. shit, especially right. basketball. No. Right. I just you can kind of get away with it in baseball. That's really about it. Maybe hockey. Right. You can't in yeah. football. You can't in basketball. I don't think at least. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. So I just think, yeah. I mean, when I watch games, when Joel Embiid's in the offense is very different. He's gotten a little bit better at being more of a ball mover, which I think is important. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Bayless has got to go. And I'm not sure why Rashard Holmes doesn't play more than. Yeah, him and TLC need to get some more playing time. Yeah, Amir Johnson's got to be done. He had a good start to the year. Now it's just kind of throws away. But he was never expected to be the kind of minute guy he is. So what is. But I mean, what is the holdup? I think the problem is you're bringing Sarge off the bench, which is hurting you because I think uh, this is where you. This is so unfortunate. He's done well in starting. When Dario starts, he does very well. He does. But what I would prefer is to get Fultz back, put him in the lineup. So Fultz, Redick, Simmons, Covington, Embiid. There's, it's positionless. So I, I know that you know technically Simmons right. That way Sarge comes in off the bench for Redick or for Covington or for Fultz. You get that good flow. Now maybe you do it where Fultz comes off the bench as a six man. That's fine too. They need him back. You got to see what he's got because you're going into the next draft and next free agency. You have to get him on the court to see if he has any resemblance of an NBA game. I'm still have high hopes for him. I'm not down on him like a lot of people are, but you got to see what he can do on the basketball. He's at the shoot around today. He was. Uh, I have not watched the videos yet, but apparently it <laughs> right. looked okay. Well, because we're not um, okay going to necessarily sign another guard if 
if but if we don't know what Fultz is going to do, we're going to miss a year of seeing if he has anything. And I that's just yeah, exactly. I mean, I, they're you can also make the argument they've done that numerous times with a lot of players, so it's right. not it's not lost in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, here's what I think you got to see. So we are going to be one of two teams. Are we going to be the Milwaukee Bucks of two to last couple of years who were good and then finally are making the playoffs? Or are we going to be the New Orleans Pelicans who have trended downwards, even though they have arguably two of the top 10 players in wow. college basketball? So, I'm in, talking about NBA. Not college basketball, NBA. <laughs> that's right. No, I got you. All right. But, I mean, well, that's a good preview yes. for the basketball. We had this topic harder coming up. I'm excited to get some deep. I know. I'm excited for it, on. too. My quick word on the Flyers. Go. Figure it out. That's yes. all. I'll be there tomorrow and Sunday. Hopefully, if it gets the blues. So hopefully, they figure it out. But I saw a great game last night. It was did. it was a was wild a everything. Coots had a uh, Couturier had a uh, Gordy Howe hat trick. But um, there's just it seems like there's nights where they're super on, like crisp, like they were, and the nights where they just really struggle as a team. I know they're young, but the veterans on offense they need to drive the young defensemen to that. Yeah, they, they, we'll get into this more because we have to we have to wrap up. Yeah, but, right. yeah, I know. yeah but oh, we'll yeah we'll get into it more another time. I love it. Always even wanting more. That'll do it for us tonight. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll be back probably on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll figure that out. Stay tuned on Twitter, Thunder BLG, Thunderbox Sports. Maddie V, thank you as always for my man. I am Jordy Cannell. This has been the Thunder Blog. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one.